It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats. We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people. We have to make our country great again, and I will do that. I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now, Fox's chief political anchor, Brett Baer. And as the summer draws to a close and primary elections wrap up, Democrats' midterm hopes are stronger than they were just a few weeks ago, with some pointing to lower gas prices. Others credit a more Trump-based news cycle, which is for this and more. We bring in our panel. Republican strategist, former campaign manager for Senator Scott Brown, Colin Reed, former Tennessee congressman and co-host of The Five, Harold Ford Jr., and Fox News radio political analyst and Axios senior political correspondent, Josh Crashauer. Josh, everybody over the weekend shows and uh, a number of different news outlets kind of are going with what has become conventional wisdom, that everything has shifted and that the numbers have shifted uh, down for Republicans in the House and that the, the Senate could very well stay in Democrat hands. There's a lot of ifs there as we head to Labor Day. And uh, the focus of these campaigns really comes in focus for a lot of people coming back from summer break. Yeah, there's been something of a herd mentality, assuming that Democrats are all of a sudden going to have a pretty good cycle. And I, I, I just think the data doesn't necessarily back that all up. Certainly, Democrats are doing better than they were a couple months ago. Gas prices going down. Trump candidates... Uh, winning these Republican nominations, some of them not running particularly strong campaigns. But the economy is still uh, not viewed favorably by most voters. Most people still think the country's headed in the wrong direction. And this ultimately is a midterm election in the president's first first couple of years in office, which fundamentally is favorable to, to the party in power. So, you know, big picture, I think the Senate is definitely in play. The Senate is definitely now winnable for Democrats when earlier this summer that looked like more of a long, longer shot. The House still looks like not just re- the likely Republican majority, but it still looks like Republicans ha- have pathways to get 20, 25 seats. Uh, it hasn't changed all that dramatically, even though Democrats did win a big New York election uh, where the issue of abortion, the issue of abortion rallied their base. And is that's the one issue, that's the big issue you're hearing more and more Democrats talk about as the the silver bullet to help them get back in the game for the midterms. Yeah, Harold, what do you think? I'm looking at the um, the ground as we get ready for November. The abortion issue is interesting. It, it definitely moves some independents and some uh, especially moderate women in suburbs. But it is also a double-edged sword if some of these Democratic candidates don't put uh, – guidelines or, you know, restrictions, if the question turns, some of these candidates have a hard pro- time answering the question if there are no restrictions on abortion. Well, first, I think when we talk about the data, 
you, you know, it, when the data is in in the favor of, of one's political narrative, um, you know, it's good. It's good for you. And if it's not, you got to be willing to say that it's not in my favor. The truth of the matter is, as we think about where we are today and all of this will change, uh, likely to change, it may change in favor of Republicans. It could change in favor of Democrats or uh, could be a better poll for one of the parties uh, or not. Or it could be a complete reversal. But one poll we do have, and the best poll is always election results. And I think Josh uh, touched on one of those races in New York where you had, I think, a preview, if not an actual race, where people, two candidates, took the company or the party lines. And I say company and in terms of just what the parties are outlining. Democrats want to stress how extreme and out of touch Republicans, many Republicans are on abortion. And, Brett, your question was getting at, you know, do Democrats seem, can Democrat, the position of some Democrats be seen as extreme? At least as we sit here today, Democrats are being given the benefit of the doubt, or at least wanting some protections, either for exceptions and or for 15 to 20 weeks. And we could we could go through that. I'm a pro-choice guy that thinks 15 to 20 weeks. And if you're going to have anything less or anything more, uh, it would have to be to protect the health uh, of, of a woman or protect uh, some with exceptions around rape or incest. There have been some unbelievably tragic and sad stories around young women uh, in their teens uh, who've, who, as we've seen these things come out across the country in, in some of these states where there are no exceptions. That's the, that race in New York, the Republican ran on how Biden was incompetent, how Biden is responsible for high inflation, and we saw the result. You then had the Kansas race around abortion and whether or not you would give the legislature the opportunity uh, to to ban abortions and a 20 point victory for pro-choice uh, proponents there. Now, again, your question, Brett, I don't think people were thinking of abortion on demand. I'm not for that. I don't think the majority of my party is for that. And in fact, when you look at the number of abortions in the country, a very, very, very small percentage of abortions are performed after uh, the 2021, 20, 22 week uh, period. Finally, Biden, I don't the numbers with Biden I saw a poll over the weekend where I think he's now at 44 percent. It's not a big number, but it's a better number than it was before. And I think he's out saying, I'm not the almighty, but I am a good alternative. And then finally, there's no doubt the news around President Trump, former President Trump over the last two weeks uh, has reminded a lot of voters. And remember, Biden won with a lot of voters who or many voters who supported President Trump back in 2016, who I think were just fatigued with some of the way President Trump not the policies as much as they were fatigued with just him. So you add all those factors up. Do those factors remain as dominant and as present as they've been over the last few weeks, over the next several weeks? One could make an argument. That the argument is yes, or the answer is yes. One could make an argument that not, no Republicans are going to have an opportunity to lay out what they believe the real issues are and what the, the real factors that voters should consider when they go to the polls. And we'll have to wait and yeah. see. But as a Democrat, I like where we are today much better than I did six weeks ago. Yeah, 100%. I bet you do. I, I think that um, it, it does feel like it shifted. And I agree with you on that issue of abortion. I guess my question is, you know, for these state legislatures, Republican state legislatures that did enact total bans or did some more aggressive um, legislation based on that, I think there was always this feeling that Roe v. Wade was the umbrella federally. You know, and now that Roe v. Wade is overturned, I think some of those legislatures are coming to the reality that uh, politically they're going to have to um, get to whatever it is, 15, 20 weeks. Um, we're only one of a few countries that has no restriction on abortions. If you look around Europe and the rest of the world, uh, most of them have you know anywhere from 12 to 20 weeks. 
on restrictions. So I, I think the specifics of the nuance of that question um, kind of gets wiped away sometimes. Colin, what about the Trump question and the focus of former president in the news cycle uh, and how much that impacts even just the psyche of Democrats and independents who maybe could vote for Republicans, but wouldn't in a Trump cycle. Well, Brett, when the summer began, we were having a national discussion about <clears throat> gas prices, which were closer to $5 than they are now at their current 380. And we were talking about inflation and President Biden's handling of it. As the summer comes to an end, as we sit here this week before Labor Day, there's been a lot of different other messages introduced into that message matrix, uh, one of which is former President Trump and what's happening with Mar-a-Lago. In between, we've had a number of uh, debates over abortion, gun control. Uh, we had the college bailout last week. We've got this issue in California banning combustible engines by the year 2035, which I don't think can be underestimated as a, as a potential political mover, uh, especially as other states begin to follow suit. So there's a lot of things voters are reckoning with right now and that they'll make their decision. But by and large, I was looking at the real clear politics average this morning. President Biden's approval of job performance sits at 42.54. So he's not at the 33% where he was at the beginning of the summer, but he's still pretty low. Uh, by comparison, President Trump was right around that same number. If you look at the Gallup polls in 2018 ahead of his midterms and he got wiped out and his party got wiped out. And the right track, wrong track, similarly right now is at 23 to 70, which means seven in 10 Americans think we're heading in the wrong direction. So just because we're not having an open discussion about whether President Biden is fit for office or Bernie Sanders is gonna primary him does not mean that the Democrats are all of a sudden in an optimal political standing. Are they better than where the summer began? Sure, but gas is still 380 a gallon. That's still 60% higher than it was the 239 uh, it was when President Biden took office. So these economic issues may have improved, but they were starting from a really low point if you're a Democrat or a Democratic candidate. So you still have a lot of baggage to carry into the midterms. And I think they're hoping that they, voters may get distracted by some of the other noise right now. Uh, but the, the, usually these economic issues are the ones that by and large drive people in how they vote. All right, we're going to take a quick pause here. We'll be back after this. Hey, it's Clay Travis. Join me for Outkick the Show as we dive deep into a mix of topics. New episodes available Monday to Friday on your favorite podcast platform and watch directly on outkick.com forward slash watch. Josh, we talked about the candidate selection for some of these Senate uh, GOP nominees. And while some of them have gone backwards or are polling fairly low against their opponents, do you think that some of them, just by the momentum of GOP versus Dem in those states, will close the gap pretty significantly in some of those swing states? You've got Pennsylvania, you've got um, Arizona, New Mexico, Nevada. The, the campaigns have barely begun, and, and Labor Day is sort of the unofficial kickoff of, of these big Senate races. And we already know that one of the, the leading Senate super PACs for the Republicans that a leadership fund is already spending tens of millions of dollars in these, these big battlegrounds. So the, so the numbers are going to tighten it. These are all competitive states, swing states. These are going to be competitive races. You know, the thing that worries Republicans, though, is that they probably would be leading in some of these states if they had better candidates. They, they probably would be in better shape right now 
and wouldn't have to spend money in Ohio, for example, for J.D. Vance, or would be leading in Georgia, uh, where Herschel Walker had, has had struggles early on on the campaign trail. These are still very competitive races, uh, especially a state like, like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Arizona, but the way the campaigns are operating, the fundraising challenges for some of these candidates gives Republicans a lot of anxiety that they may underperform where Republicans typically should do. Win, win or at least compete in in, the, in these races. These are going to be close, but they're not a whole, there's not a vote of confidence in some of the Trump-endorsed Republicans in these perennial swing states. And Harold, the, the thing is, is that you've got, you know, to Colin's point, the president's approval ratings are going up. There was one CBS poll had him up to 45. Um, but it doesn't seem like he's being asked to campaign as of yet. Maybe it'll get... Maybe he will uh, in some of these tight races as you get as you get closer. Um, but is he, tying to the Biden administration, is that an attractive thing for these candidates? I think it'll go state, you know, state by state or commonwealth by commonwealth, depending on depending on where you are. I mean, does Tim Ryan, who I think is campaigning with uh, President Biden uh, either today or sometime this week, I think, uh, as they announced uh, the big semiconductor chip plant there, I think. President Biden was there maybe a few weeks ago or several weeks ago, and I think uh, Congressman Ryan, Tim Ryan, had a, a conflict and, and didn't have a chance to go be with the president. So I think people are going to, you know, handle it, uh, 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 you know, moment by moment and state by state. Uh, the, the the question I think that 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 we 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 have to grapple with in a midterm, and I think everything that's been said is is, is largely right, just about the kind of the mechanics, the the overall outline and skeleton way you look at these these campaigns in the midterm, but. Whose base is going to be excited to go out? Three months ago, it was clear that Republicans were more excited than 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 uh, Republicans were more excited. Excuse me, than Democrats. I look at the numbers. I think the seven out of ten American number thinking we're in the wrong track is is bad for the party who's in power. And I think when you look at a midterm, that excitement level, that energy level for voters is is really important. And for the first time, that number is there's some margin of error difference between the uh, Democrat and Republicans around that number. And finally, in one of the other polls, it was interesting. Voters, for the first time, I'd never seen the idea of threats to our democracy being an issue uh, in the minds of voters. Now, Democrats will quickly argue that means that, that voters are very concerned and disquieted around January 6th, and they may be disquieted that the president, uh, when a residence was searched. And Republicans will argue, well, the people are upset that his when a residence was searched, and they're tired of all of these issues. I don't know, but one thing I do know is I've never seen that in my, I'm 52 years old, I've never seen that as an issue on voters' minds, and it appeared to be near the top. I can't remember if it was an ABC or CBS poll. We commented on the five one, and I think we even commented on special report a week ago or so also, Brett. So all of these things, we'll, we'll see more of these things come about, but Democrats sh- should be encouraged by what's happened over the last several weeks. And whatever they're doing, to your question, if it means Biden not going to campaign with people or Biden going by himself to tout the kinds of things that his policies have, have been able to accomplish. Perhaps they should do that. But whatever they're doing, uh, it's starting to work a little bit better. And uh, we probably certainly are benefiting from the last thing you guys have said. I think some of the quality of candidate issues for Republicans are starting to surface and starting to manifest themselves in, in Georgia and Ohio and, and some of the other places. Colin, last word. Well, Harold mentioned Tim Ryan, the Senate candidate in Ohio, and that's a, I think that's a good candidate to focus on because he's run, I think, what many would say is surprisingly closer race to date uh, against J.D. Vance for that big Ohio Senate race. 
But I noticed when I was reading Josh's reporting last week, he was one of the first ones out there denouncing and decrying President Biden's student loan plan. And he wasn't the only one. You've got folks like Catherine Cortez Masto. You've got Michael Bennett, two Western Democratic senators running for the hills on it. Even Bernie Sanders yesterday had some critical things to say about it. So if we talk about these issue sets and we talk about what voters are focusing on, uh, perhaps the, the Biden and the White House had no choice but to act on the student loan issue last week. But I think this idea of giving away something that some I saw a Penn Wharton estimate uh, put the price tag closer to a $1 trillion giveaway did a couple things. One, it gave the Republicans something really unifying to run on because they're all against it. And number two, it helped cement the Democratic Party's uh, status as the party of the upper class. And it, it just it gave it gave Republicans something they were missing uh, up until this point, And it adds into the entire economic narrative against the Democratic Party, which is the one that Republicans should be and, and focusing on as we hit this Labor Day stretch and begin the, the home stretch toward the finish line. Yeah, Josh, it's pretty easy. It's pretty easy to understand. It's a, you can fit it in a 30 second ad. It almost fits on a bumper sticker. And uh, to Colin's point, it's kind of visceral. Yeah, Brad, it, it plays into inflation and the issue of fairness. Those are those are the dividing lines in the midterm elections. Inflation is the top issue for voters, even with gas prices coming down. And the notion that the elites are, are getting a, a, an extra special break while the working class gets screwed over, that that is an essential Republican argument. So this is uh, the Democrats I talked to were apoplectic, at least the folks involved in political campaigns. You know, one one top official told me that uh, they had the best week of the year with the New York election where they picked, they held onto that House seat. Uh, it seemed like the Biden approval numbers are coming up and this is handing Republicans a real weapon to use politically against a whole lot of Democrats. And you could, as Colin mentioned, like the fact that almost every swing state uh, Democrat up for re-election immediately came out against this, uh, that, that tells you how the Democratic Party is divided on this very important issue. It'll be interesting to watch. Uh, guys, thanks so much. Now for a little bit of history. August 29th, 1949, the Soviet Union performed its first ever atomic bomb test, codenamed First Lightning. The bomb they used was a direct copy of the Fat Man bomb the U.S. military dropped at Nagasaki in August of 1945. The test changed the dynamic of the Cold War arms race. As American experts had initially expected, the Soviets would not be able to develop a bomb until the mid 1950s. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and a review. We want to hear from you. For Colin, Harold, and Josh, I'm Brett Baer. We'll see you next time. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. I'm Ben Domenech, Fox News contributor and editor of the Transom.com daily newsletter. And I'm inviting you to join a conversation every week. It's the Ben Domenech Podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.